this is Loshing and Gigi. Welcome to Slice Street, a space where we recreate our post-meal conversations with guests, discussing life, dreams, failures, and sharing stories. Yeah, just like we do after sharing a meal with friends in the comfort of our home. So hope you enjoy listening in to our conversations with our guests. Hey guys, thanks for joining in on the second season of Sliced Fruit. Today's guest is a longtime friend of ours, Jess Liao. Jess is a mother, creative, and leader. We've known each other for almost 10 years, but a lot of our time was catching up, mostly on the last few years, and talk about Jess's journey with an unexpected health diagnosis. We talk about what does identity and value mean when your own body and function drastically changes. And also we discuss how her health journey informs her community building and her recent creative expressions as an Asian American. So here's our conversation with Jess Liao. All right. Well, today we've got a special guest today at um, at the Slice Fruit Little Studios. Um, we've got Jess Liao today. Woo! Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll just introduce Jess a little bit. Um, but man, I feel like we've been getting a lot of uh, old friends actually recently on our podcast. So Jess, we've known, I've known. I think since I since senior year of high school or maybe maybe college um and so wow that's probably I I would say like 10 years ago 10 or oh my goodness yeah (laughs) yeah wow 10 years ago um and it must have been college actually I think I think it was one of the summers that uh, I came back back to um back back home from college um but i yeah, know we know jess i know jess we know jess from church um i think she started go- going to the same church as us back in college um mm-hmm. and actually honestly i think some of the memories of my early memories or even just like the memories that stand out for me for jess is you know we were talking about this over the phone a couple of weeks ago but jess is like one of the first people in my life that really encouraged me in songwriting and I think at the time like I I think I've always kind of like made melodies my whole life but never took it seriously and I think seeing Jess really kind of um start making music start writing Mm -hmm. and recording like that was the first one of my first friends that did that Mm -hmm. and then also like encouraged me to you know, have a space for that. I remember like you invited me over to your apartment. Um, I think I was like, yeah, like first, I think it was like first year you lived there and we just did some songwriting. Like I don't, that was like one of the first early memories of just song co-songwriting with someone and I remember feeling so insecure I don't know if you knew this <laughs> but I was just like so like oh my gosh I don't know if this is good enough and I like overanalyzed everything and I remember I even remember the questions you asked wow <laughs> um yeah that was so memorable but yeah that's like some things I mean there's more to Jess obviously but um I think when I think of Jess like and how, how she's made an impact in my life that's very true super um just loves people and and really hospitable willing to make space um and I think that really reflects one aspect of our podcast too so but anyways yeah so that's some memories of me and Jess and actually I I we haven't talked to each other and caught up in a long time um and so I know that the last um two years few years have been really um um been a journey and it's really uh it really changed a lot of things in your life so really honored to have you here to talk about you know um what God's been doing but anyways I know I've been talking a lot but well I don't want you I'll I'll hand it up back to you Jess um and maybe kind of like an Instagram bio kind of in brief how would you describe yourself um maybe tell us a little bit about who you are where you grew up etc yeah oh well before that I want to also I was thinking about um about our friendship too and Mm -hmm. 
how like at Ignite, which is our young adult service, I would always look forward to summers when Lorshing and Gigi would come to our service because you guys just bring like this passion and this fire that is so contagious. Like it's what I think of whenever I think of you two is I just think of passion. Like you guys carry this passion and fire that is really tangible. Um, and the communities you're in are really blessed to have you guys. So thanks for being here. <laughs> um, my, I guess, Instagram bio is I'm a wife. I'm a mama of two toddlers. Wow. I grew up in Cupertino as an only child with a single mom. Um, so I watched her work really hard to provide for us growing up. And I think that has shaped me a lot. I have a Worked in ministry um, for a while, and then I had various like marketing and administrative roles. Um, now I'm living in San Jose, working part time for a nonprofit, which just started like a month ago, um, and also starting to pursue some creative endeavors. Um, yeah, but the last two years, um, everything kind of changed when I got diagnosed with a chronic illness, and so those two years were. A uh, time where I spent a lot of time just alone thinking and processing and just being with my kids and my family, mm. especially with COVID, um, shutting everything down. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, can you, you, yeah, we chatted a little bit about how that chronic illness in the last years has changed a lot. Uh, maybe for so like the listeners who don't know, like, um, uh, what life was like before. Can you maybe share with us what life was like prior to your diagnosis and maybe after being diagnosed, what changed? Yeah, so prior to my diagnosis, I led a very full and busy life. I had a full-time job um, as well as like another side gig. And then I was leading a creative small business and community called Caffeinated Letters. And we hosted calligraphy workshops at coffee shops in the Bay Area and just gathered people who wanted to letter and learn lettering. Um, and then on top of that, I was also a wife and a mom, as I mentioned, of my toddler and had a baby girl on the way as well. Wow. So very busy. I, yeah, seldom stopped to rest or I just felt like I had a constant like to-do list, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, was, so was it Life. was that something that you like was you enjoyed like the busyness and like doing all those things I don't know like looking back I think I just didn't know how to stop mm -hmm. like um maybe part of my identity as an Asian American like just striving a mm -hmm. lot of my life and feeling like I had to perform and had to um be the best <laughs> um, and be doing everything that could be. I think I just didn't really know how to stop and slow down. It was enjoyable and I really do love being productive, mm. but now I think that work-life balance is much better. me kind of like of just how we've you know known you and observed you like how you're very much a creator you know Lurching was talking about creating music and um kind of the projects you were doing um it's probably also your talent and your gifting to just create um and and maybe that part of also being Asian American needing to like achieve or have some kind of tangible <laughs> yeah. showcase things um so yeah just wanted to maybe ask a little bit more about when you you know found out about your diagnosis what were some of the adjustments you uh had to make in your own life and also your family around you yeah so a little over two years ago I was diagnosed and the disease is called myasthenia gravis it's a chronic autoimmune disorder in which antibodies destroy the communication between nerves and muscles. So it's basically a breakdown of communication and without the ability to communicate properly, the muscles become weak and tired easily. So my symptoms started with double vision and progressed to weakness throughout my body. 
eventually affected my lungs and my breathing. Mm. And so at 27 years old, I never imagined I'd be struggling to do simple things like get a shirt over my head, hold my eyeliner steady, carry my toddler. Um, so throughout that first half of half year after my diagnosis, I slowly lost the ability to do everything that I thought gave me meaning. Wow. And in that process, I learned that I had to invite community. I had to have people be willing to let people help me as a type two Enneagram. Um, I, I like to give a lot. I don't like to receive. And so I think the, the past two years have really forced me to receive from my family and my, my friends and knowing that they actually take joy and like being able to help me and being able to serve me in the ways that I take joy in doing that for them. Um, so I think it's really affected my family and community in terms of like learning to let people in mm. and let people into the vulnerability and the weakness and mm. um, not being perfect and needing help. Yeah. How did you, how did you learn that? Like what, how did you get to that place of asking for help? Oh man, I think I, I just didn't have a choice. Sometimes I, I was bedridden a lot. Um, I, there were some days where I only, or most days where I only got up to eat and drink and, and even like taking care of my toddler, like I couldn't lift my head to change his diaper and, um, give him a bath, like, even just lifting a plate onto a shelf um, to load, unload dishes from the dishwasher, things like that. Um, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I had to trust that the people around me were capable and able mm. um, and even willing to help. Um, yeah. So I think as much as I didn't want to, it was just like, uh, there is no choice now. <laughs> like I have to let people in. Um, and maybe that was the only way that I would have been able to learn this and learn how to truly rest. I have a question, um, and I'm kind of coming from like another Enneagram too, um, <laughs> what I would want to be asked uh, if I were in your place. Kind of uh, as you talk about, you know, learning to receive from your community, what is, what is one of the best ways that you've received from your community? Um, or maybe in another way to say it, like, what's your favorite way to be loved um, um, in the past, like, few years, or maybe now that you, yeah, like, in your current situation, yeah. Mm. <sighs> I think I feel most loved when people take care of my kids, <laughs> because, Come on. oh, man, yeah, all, I think all the nannies out there. Yeah, all the um, yeah, like uh, my friend Catherine, which you guys know, she started coming over every week just to play with Joshua and like even just help me do dishes and cook and take out my trash. And I just remember like there was one night I came out and it was like I was putting Joshua down and she was cooking food. And I, I just started to cry because I was like, how can you be doing this? Like, like, how can you be, like, doing my dishes? How can you be doing yeah. that? Like, like, how am I worthy to receive this, you know? Um, and another friend, Kimmy, she would come every week as well and just play with Josh and give me, like, two, three hours to just lay in bed and take a shower. Oh, my goodness. Like, when you have two kids, like, your only alone time is the shower sometimes. Yes, yes. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think in that season specifically, like being loved looked like taking care of my kids so I could just have moments to myself. Mm, that's good.
As an as another Enneagram too, I'm like, man, maybe I should ask that for my friends. <laughs> not, not not taking care of my kids, but I was like, do you have some <laughs> like, like do you know about? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. If I was in that position, it 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 feels like I don't know about you, but it feels uncomfortable to receive. You know, when you said like like how am I worthy of this? Sometimes it feels like oh like how can I receive this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. someone doing these acts of service, but, um, yeah, it's, it's actually really like, so important for us to recognize, uh, how we feel loved. And so like also practicing asking for those things yeah. when people are, you know, more than willing, um, when we can, it's hard for us to imagine that mm. they want to do that. Yeah. 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 Can you share just something that you, we talked about over the phone a couple of weeks ago, um, kind of like your reflections on purpose and like, kind of like, like how your understanding of your identity has mm. changed, especially, you know, like you, you talked about how like your life prior was like, go, 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 do, do, do. Mm-hmm. And it was joyful. Like it was, it was, it was fruitful too. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of mentioned on the phone, um, kind of how, like since like wow like even just functionally things your body wasn't able to do a lot of things can you speak on like how your understanding of like purpose and identity or maybe more like an identity mm-hmm. has changed yeah um so earlier I mentioned how I lost the ability to do everything that I thought gave me meaning mm-hmm. so um for example like my facial muscles were weak so weak that I didn't recognize the person in the mirror. I had droopy eyes. My smile was like a grimace. Like my face was so swollen from all the steroids. And I had put a lot of my identity in my image. Um, And then my duties as a wife and a mom, like not being able to fulfill just those, like, I guess, societal standards of taking care of children and taking care of your home. Um, like after my vision got better I realized how messy my house was I just was able to see like every speck and crumb I was like oh my goodness Um, actually what scared me the most was I couldn't hold a note on pitch and singing was like something that I enjoyed and took pride in wow like as a previous worship leader like I always envisioned worship leading being a part of my life and it was something I felt called to like I think you understand both of you um like there's just something when you worship and when you lead worship, just you come alive, you know, and just yeah. pursuing God's presence and seeing a room move. And so when I couldn't sing anymore, I think I just felt so heartbroken. I felt so lost. Um, it was definitely something that I put my identity in. Um, even I was listening to my old recordings, preparing for this and just hearing like, the weakness and the tiredness and the shakiness and yeah um yeah like I said it was heartbreaking but uh, I think because in that moment of like losing all of that I had to find like a new foundation you know everything that I had built to be my foundation crumbling away and so I was like god like who am I like what am I called to do like what 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 if what is this you know um I don't even know what my purpose is anymore like I've lost everything that I thought was who I was and in that season of darkness God began to speak I was forced to sit with my feelings and day after day um my life began to like flash before my eyes, like the decisions I've made, the situations I've been through, the people who shaped me, good and bad. And God began to show me that even in my weakness and inability to perform, that he loved me. And there was nothing that I could do to earn his love. And Mm. all these like insecurities came to the surface. He just cemented into me that like, you are loved because you're my daughter. Yeah, and so I think that is like the foundation of my identity that I'm building now, that I'm first and foremost a daughter of God, 
Um, it's not as a worship leader. It's not as mm. a perfect employee or a perfect wife or a mom, um, but just his daughter. And living that out is my purpose to invite others into that peace and contentment and confidence, knowing you're beloved just as you are. Wow. I feel like, I don't know how you feel wishing, but like listening to Jess speak, it's, there's always this tenderness um, and this gift and this just like this tenderness that you feel when Holy Spirit just, it, you know, you're fellowshipping with Holy Spirit and it's just so pure and it's so tender. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm being ministered to. hundred <laughs> oh. percent. Yeah. Oh gosh. Can you t- share with us maybe a memory or a few memories of how, like, how did, how did you experience being a daughter of God? Mm. What, does that, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, I was recently asked in a small group what moment in my life I felt the most safe. And when I was reflecting, like, I, I guess a surprising memory came to mind, which is when I was sitting alone in the ICU and hooked up to IVs and all sorts of things. And I was so afraid, but at the same time, not afraid anymore, because in my mind is like, there's nothing worse that can happen to me. Like, I'm like, I feel like I'm sitting on my deathbed, <laughs> but it was like a peace from knowing like, I could go home to Jesus. And if that's what happens, like, it's okay. Like there, I guess there just wasn't a care in the world anymore when I knew like where I belong and not being afraid of that passage. Yeah. I think as a daughter of God, just making room for him and letting go of all the piles of expectations I put on myself and just asking him like who do you say I am like who am I to you Mm. and this is definitely a work in progress like I'm nowhere near perfect but I think uh, learning to always go back to him when all the other voices are so strong Mm. learning to value his voice the most. It's it's beautiful to know that um, I don't know. I, I just think about God's faithfulness that mm. no matter what happens in life, um, no matter what we have, what we don't have, He's He is ours and we are His. Something mm. we can always rely on, you know, like our belonging, that identity that that He's called us His kids, mm. um, and. And then it makes me think about the verse where he, you know, where can you go? Uh, where can you flee from my presence? Um, you know, you can go to the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, but he's always there. Um, yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> it's, it's also surprising because, you know, <laughs> the times when you feel like you shouldn't, you wouldn't imagine yourself feeling peace. <laughs> That's... It's incredible. Um, yeah, um, maybe I'll kind of bring us back to, or bring us to now the current, or um, maybe you can tell us a little about, you know, what what you've been up to now and what's your current status. Um, and uh, I know you also mentioned you have a side project that you're working on, and you could mention that as well. Yeah. 
Uh, so February of this year, I started a treatment that really turned things around uh, for two years. I oh. was trying to fight this um, holistically and with like dropping down my steroids. Um, but I think my body just couldn't keep up. Um, but after my treatment, I started to dream again. Um, it took about three months to really, um, for me to get into full remission. Mm. But in that process, like hope just started trickling in and I just started feeling like alive again, mm. um, able to dream again and thinking about like what I wanted to do with my life. And I started thinking about like Asian American identity, uh, especially in the wake of all of the things that have happened in the last year in terms of Asian hate and ways to empower Asian American women. I have a big heart for creatives and entrepreneurs, especially from my previous experience with caffeinated letters. So um, I started thinking about a way that I could really live this out and um, I guess give purpose to myself, but also to other women. Um, so I started talking to friends about my idea and have gathered for other women who are also passionate about starting this community and launching our product. Um, so we are going to be creating curated boxes featuring goods from API artists and small businesses um, to really bring businesses together um, as well as to highlight um, what API creatives are making mm. so we are called our two tales and um that's our name because we're learning how to navigate the tension and beauty in our asian heritage and our american upbringing mm. and we also want to honor our heritage and legacy by telling the stories of our elders giving a mm. voice to what they have gone through and their sacrifices and also mm. moments of pride mm. so and we hope that telling these stories will bring clarity and healing and inspire others to delve into their own stories as well. So mm. you can follow us on our two tales on Instagram. It should be <laughs> launched by the time this podcast is out. <laughs> but um, in terms of like how my health journey is informing this project, I think I'm just much more aware of my limits now before I would really like push myself and I even remember like the last workshop I led, just the anxiety, like pulsing through my body and my body beginning to break down. And so being more aware of like what I'm feeling and needing, like as a type two, like that's what my therapist is <laughs> working with me on because it's like, what do you need? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so learning like what I need and advocating for myself mm. uh, for that. But yeah, work-life balance is of utmost importance now. And I try to model that as I lead this project. Yeah. Wait, I I'm just going to pause here because I, I know you mentioned in the beginning, but can we just like celebrate and say that you are you're you're in remission right now is that right yeah i am oh my gosh <laughs> ah! <laughs> like ah. i was just talking to a friend just yesterday and i was like man i think in the asian community we've like forgot or maybe my upbringing like we've forgotten how to celebrate and i just like want to like just celebrate that you like, man, you're in remission. You are no longer, you're able to dress yourself. Like you are able to <laughs> yeah. dream again. You're able to hope again. And I just think that is like, I just, I, 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 I'm excited to talk about this passion project, but I like, I would be remiss if we like, didn't like pause and just like celebrate that mm -hmm. God has brought healing. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. Come on. <laughs> And, and I think, and I, and I say this, hmm, not in a, just like, we need to be positive all the time with that kind of manner. But I say it because I think we really, I think really true when we think about our most joyful moments, I think it's, it's always tied to the things that grieve us the most too, you know? And mm -hmm. so I think to be able to celebrate your remission, to be able to celebrate your healing, is to also acknowledge, you know, like the last two years of how, um, how, how hard it would, it was and has been. And so, um, anyways, just wanted to highlight that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's been so crazy. I think there's always going to be a special place in my heart for the people that like walked with me through that season. Yeah. You know, um, they know like a piece of me that maybe others down the line won't know. And just, um, yeah, being able to be that vulnerable and that weak um, in front of other people, I think has taught me a lot. And, but yeah, celebrating like, man, I can drive, I can eat, I can like do everything (laughs) that I used to. And yeah, God is good. Mm. Wow. So good. So good. So um i just so the passion project are two tales could you spell that i <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so i was like doing you spell it's o-u-r so like our oh our our <laughs> two yeah. like t-w-o yeah like two two tales so like our asian heritage mm-hmm. and our american upbringing gotcha tales like folk tales like passion. got it got it got it got it got it our two mm-hmm. tales our two wow. tales. I should have known that. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> did you guys have some? Did you guys already release it? Oh. Uh, no. So you guys are okay. hearing it first. <laughs> but okay, it, yeah. it will be out, I think, by the time this podcast comes out. Yeah. Right. No, this, it, it will be probably. <laughs> nice. Are we the first? I mean, you know, I, I feel like I have some insider access. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were like one of the first people I talked to too about this because yeah. everybody was talking to was like you need to talk to Gigi you need to talk to Gigi yeah I have no idea talk to Gigi I mean it was funny because uh like I think right before you or after you there another person wanted to talk to me about their passion project that they wanted to start about Asian American stuff mm-hmm. so wow Gigi yeah consultant here it was so random um um man I had some questions now I'm forgetting there's so much um I'll I'll, I'll ask it yeah um we'll we'll wrap up with this last question I uh that because uh, the passion project is kind of to highlighting Asian American art and heritage and storytelling. So this is something that I've, I've been talking a lot with my friends in this past year, but I'm curious kind of what your take is, but, you know, in this time of age, like why, why does Asian American art and stories matter? Yeah, I think Asian, Amer- Asian American art matters because art is a form of storytelling. I think it's how, we tell our stories through like visually. Um, I think of like, as a musician, I think of like how I tell stories through songs Mm. and I can like tell someone something that they are better able to hear through music rather than just telling them straight up um, in words. And so I think art does that too. It hits you in a different way and speaks a different volume and so I think that that's the importance of Asian American art. We need to tell our stories mm. to showcase how unique we are and and remember our heritage as well. And yeah. Mm. Awesome. Amen. Preach. Amen. Okay, well, we've come to the part of our interview of our time. This is what we do with all our guests, um, just as like a fun post-interview trivia. Um, But if you could share with us, with our listeners, something you recommend and something you don't recommend. Give us some life hacks. Um, one thing that I recommend that I mentioned earlier is the Enneagram. It has really (laughs) changed my life. (laughs) We are pro Enneagram here. Yes. We are pro Enneagram here. Yes. What are you, Lorshing? 
I am a nine. Ah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have like a resource like people should go to if like they've never heard of the Enneagram? Like where where are yeah. you going? Um, so briefly, the Enneagram is a personality typing system. So it outlines the patterns and how people understand the world and manage their emotions. And one of my favorite podcasts is called Enneagram 2.0. It's by Beatrice Chestnut. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I, I like her. podcast. Yeah, she has a, because she's a two, a self-preservation two. And um, she has a podcast all about twos. And when she talked about twos, I was like, oh my goodness like (laughs) this is resonating and hitting me in like good ways and terrible ways like just Mm. yeah it was mind blowing Mm, okay are Uh, you a self-pres too jess i'm not wait you're you're social no one to one yeah one to one oh i could totally see that i yeah i didn't realize that i thought I don't know. I feel like I can swing like self. My mom was a self-pres too. So I feel like I get a lot of that from her, but I feel like I can also swing social too at times. But when I, I've been talking to my therapist, she's also a one-on-one too. And so um, I, I think just recognizing like all my history with friendships and how my life has played out. I was like, Oh yes, I, I am a one-on-one too. <laughs> wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. I also really recommend therapy. It has been life changing as well. Um, just being able to safely like process emotions and work through past trauma. Mm. I feel like even if you don't have trauma, like man, therapy, just having someone to unfold like everything that's going on without a bias. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I often get this question, but how does one go about finding a therapist if they Mm. have never started or they just thought about it yeah um for me I looked up um because I want a Christian therapist I think it was like Christian it was like CCC Christian Counseling Center of San Jose Mm -hmm. something like that um but I think just searching I just googled it and googling read through like all the bios and found one that really resonated with me because she also does Enneagram uses the Enneagram in therapy which I find super helpful mm-hmm. um yeah trying so, and ch- searching yeah or if you know people who are in therapy I think um yeah. they probably have like resources or connections as well awesome um, yeah mm. And is there something you do not recommend now that we talked about your awesome recommendations? <laughs> um, I feel like I, my recommendations are so serious, but <laughs> what came to mind was I don't recommend isolation. I thought she was referring to the seriousness of her um, recommendations, but she was actually <laughs> prefacing for this and <laughs> sorry i should think of something that is not so serious but, but that's a that's a real like no anti- I, no yeah i don't i don't mean to discount it at all <laughs> surprised yes so yeah. yeah i think just with covid and mm. with, yeah i feel like it's just so easy for people these days to be isolated and stay isolated um mm-hmm. and just being in community this past weekend uh was just so refreshing and yeah such a reminder that like we were created for fellowship like, we, we were created to be yeah. in community. and just being with people I'm already like we didn't even talk about too many spiritual things um but just being in that presence just wants just makes me want to like pursue God more mm. come on come on it's good yeah. What did, did you have to do anything like practically or like certain reminders that you think about when, um, when you try to like fight against the, the, maybe the comfort of isolation? Uh, it's been hard. Like ever since the pandemic, my go-to has been, um, Korean dramas. And so yes. I often just retreat into my Korean dramas and just escape <laughs> And then just forget about life, you know? Um, 
Yeah, I think I ask God. I ask God to give me hunger and to convict me and help me. Mm. Um, but just having like people that I'm, I guess, in a way accountable to, or for example, this project that I'm starting, we have meetings, like meetups, like multiple times a month. And so that kind of keeps me in check. Um, but yeah. Maybe I'll bother you with my K-drama questions. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, I could start another podcast. On, on K-dramas. <laughs> another passion project that Jess will do. Will do. Oh, my like God. A, a, a K-drama <laughs> podcast with Gigi and Jess. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're, like, running out of time, but I actually want to know, what is a K-drama you don't recommend? <laughs> Oh, like one that you were like oh my gosh this is trash <laughs> there are a few that i have definitely um Wait, there's so many though yeah, gg but that's like that's an easy question but like the ones that you're like oh why why did i watch that whole thing yeah there was one that i was recommended uh on i heard recommended on another podcast it's called chocolate and so oh. I like started it. Oh, did you watch that one? I literally just started it. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm sorry. Or maybe I'm not sorry. Like this <laughs> week. Wow. Well, wait. Okay. Like tell us more. Why? Why? Yeah, you yeah. Not... Tell tell it's me. Like I'm... there's no cohesiveness and just like I just didn't know what was going on. Like with the relationships and like even just like the shots of like buildings crumbling down was like this is this is a little. <laughs> A little too much <laughs> um, yeah i just couldn't follow the story so yeah i don't i don't recommend continuing with that one unfortunately wow that's that's really insightful information like almost like divine uh, timely divine. yeah <laughs> like i love chocolate um i know like, right that's why i started it too <laughs> like I don't like I actually really love chocolate like I don't know how to, like on my free time I'll go to these chocolate shops and then take tours and stuff oh and, my like, gosh do chocolate tasting wow you really I, I brought my, chocolate <laughs> yeah yeah I brought my family once um bought them all these tickets um but yeah um also when it comes to k-drama recommendations because someone recommended this to me but I find now I I essentially like I understand how trustworthy someone is based on their recommendation. <laughs> so now I'm I'm losing trust on this person. And, and I've had multiple conversations with this person about, you know, their their taste in K Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like they're not listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> she she probably will, but uh, hopefully she doesn't know it's her. Um <laughs> yeah yeah it's just funny we will we, like uh yeah i'll often talk about mm, you're you're losing credibility with me because i tried that one recommend oh my god <laughs> okay that, that that was good to know thank you that that was such info informative <laughs> i don't think i'll i'll continue with chocolate yeah i'm glad that we <laughs> so funny okay. man i feel like i feel like this this could have been like twice the time like this could this this conversation <laughs> could have been like an hour and a half um but man i think i'm just like really excited honestly to like because because I'll, I'll like go through the audio and edit as i and i'll listen through it but i am like genuinely excited to kind of re-listen to our conversation because mm -hmm. you know this is like kind of what i do in like bible studies like we'll say like when you read a passage you're like what do i learn about people what do i learn about god and I feel like this whole like conversation as you're sharing, just like just a lot of like things I feel like Holy Spirit is speaking to me about like, hey, what am I learning about people? You know, like when you're talking about stories of your friends um, loving mm -hmm. you in, in the most vulnerable times, like how what I learned about like how as 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 children of God, how we can really demonstrate God's love and what mm -hmm. do I learn about God through your story? Um, yeah, so. I, I just think I'm just really, yeah, really honored for you to be able to share quite vulnerably, um, not only to us, but just to our, to, to, to our friends. Mm -hmm. And yeah, mm -hmm. just really thankful to, to know you too. 
Oh, same. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks for having me and letting me share my story. It's really an honor knowing you too and being able to just do life and and like see how you guys have grown through the years as well and what you're pursuing now. Yeah. <clears throat> like Lorsheing, all your music you're working on now. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> album. I know. Lord the Lord knows. Yes. The Lord knows where it is. <laughs> He's been recording every time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And in heaven, there's all recordings of everything. Like it's okay if it doesn't get released. <laughs> we'll see. No, you should still release it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. On heaven, true. on earth. Um, oh, right. Um, <laughs> on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, also echo Lorsheng, we're super honored, super blessed. Um, and yeah, just thank you for your bravery and your just uh, vulnerability and just sharing your story and your journey. Um, I don't think that we'll ever know, you know, kind of what it looked like, um, in your lowest points and just what, you know, everything God's been doing and, um, how life was like, but, um, thank you for sharing, um, you know, just going through that process and what was that, what that was like, um, for you. Um, I think, you know, um, I think even for us, um, in in some small way, a lot of us can relate, um, and and really draw from the strength that um uh you've had in the past few years so yeah always a blessing and it's really such a like it's like a it's like a spiritual um process just i don't know i always feel the spirit moving whenever you're talking so um it's well, same thing yeah <laughs> it's a blessing Oh, good. Well, everyone, if you are uh, want to follow um, Jess's uh, new project, uh, Elevating Asian American Art, I think they're going to, the product is like curated boxes. You can follow them at R2Tales. That's O-U-R-T-W-O Tales. Is that right? Yes, you got it. Okay. And then we can find find you on social media, Instagram. Yeah, just.liao, L-I-A-O. Okay. She's also on Spotify. Oh, she oh definitely God. is on Spotify. Yeah. Yes. <gasps> wow. Yes, it's great music. So good. <laughs> We've covered her song one time. Oh, my gosh. We totally did. <laughs> like, I don't think we've ever covered, yeah, well, anyone that we know. Oh, you should like link it in the. Yeah, we'll link it. <laughs> we have to unearth. I don't even know where I it is. Know. It's probably on Facebook somewhere. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it is. I need to go look it up after this. I'm going to find it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, yeah. It, it was good. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks just for stopping by. Uh, so good to chat with you and catch up. Thank you guys. It's an honor being with you. Now it's time for Eating Sliced Fruits with Lorsheng and Gigi, the part of the show where Lorsheng and Gigi eat sliced fruits. I, you know what's funny, though? I have this memory of, like... Of, you have um, cantaloupe? Yeah, I have cantaloupe. But I have this memory of, like, very early. I think it's when we were living in China. Like, you know, I always like, remember the books that our parents had, but one of them was Boundaries. Like, remember, I think it's Richard Foster or something like that, Boundaries. Really? It was, like, this old book. I remember the cover. It's, like, blue and green, and has boundaries. And it's, like, huh. learning to say no or something like that. <laughs> like, they're still learning that. <laughs> I bet you laughed at it when you first saw it. I don't know. It was, uh, I possibly, probably was, like, eight. Um, okay, so, um, yeah, I have the cantaloupe. Um, I okay, was, so I want to I wanted to look up what I actually have, and I have hammy melon, and it's similar to cantaloupe, which is not. How do you spell hammy melon? H A M I. It's a, originates in 
Hami, Xinjiang, China. It's from Xinjiang. Is it? Is it? Um, oh, Xinjiang. Is it? Is it orange? What's the color? It's the. It's like a long. It, it looks like cantaloupe, but it looks. It's long. Show me you the. Show me the melon. Crunchier. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks like cantaloupe, but it looks um, yellow. But that's just. Hmm. Mm. It looks more yellow, but it's it's really crunchy and really juicy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do. I think I do. Mm. It originates from Xinjiang. Hmm. I have um. I, I was a Trader Joe's, and I got a Tuscan cantaloupe. It looks like a cantaloupe. Texture-wise, is like a regular cantaloupe, but it is a little bit sweeter, like a little honeyer. Tuscan, Tuscan melon. Tuscan melon. Sure. Is it Tuscan cantaloupe? Hmm. So what number is? Oh, okay. I see. What mm. number is um cantaloupe for you? Hmm. It's probably like six or something like that. Hmm. It's I think number two for me. What? Wow. No, it's number. Th- sorry, it's number three. Wow, that's pretty high. Number three. I think there's just a lot of like mm-hmm. nostalgia, childhood memories. Exactly. You know what I mean? No, oh, like, we both share that. So nostalgic. I think also, we, you know, we're poor, ish. No, so. no, I, I I lost you. What did you say? It's because it's cheap. Candle- is it cheap? Candle is cheap. I think so. Sometimes, like melons. Hmm. Um, your internet's like mama day. Yeah, I saw. Um, but yeah, I just had memories coming back from coming back from school. We would have these like after school snacks, and mm. cantaloupe was definitely one of them. And we would just like you know cut the cut the cantaloupe in half, take out the seeds, and then just mm-hmm. like scoop and eat it. Mm-hmm. We'd eat like a half together. We had those like special scoopers, you know, that made those um. Mm-hmm. Spears. No. And then mom would um like decorate things or make it fun. Mm-hmm. Like a ball of cantaloupe. Yeah, it was like this after school snack. That's what I remember. Delicious. Mm. Yeah. You know, sometimes I've I've seen people um put whipped cream on cantaloupe. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Weird. I'm gonna do there. I mean. Taste-wise, I get it, but it's just like, uh, don't put that, like, artificial stuff. I think the reason why it's, like, not... Well, it's because, like, I'm not in love with the rind. I think that's the thing about melons, is, like, the rind... If you get a little bit too much of the rind, it's just, like, just, um, um... Makes ruins experience... It. Ruins experiences a little bit. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to waste. Like, I don't want to cut off, like, you know... I think that's why I don't like honeydew as much because when you cut it, you can't tell if it's rind or Agree. If it's the melon. Whereas cantaloupe, you can. That's true. Doesn't deceive you. Doesn't deceive you. Deceive you. Mm. So when I was studying abroad, I don't know why I didn't even think about it, but I was like, I want to like invite people. So I said we're gonna have a melon party, and everyone's <sighs> gonna bring a melon. Hmm. And people's response were like, that's like the weirdest but coolest idea. And I was like, it, I didn't even think about it, you know, because it, cause melons are such a staple. <laughs> like, it's not weird. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I, in hindsight, it was pretty creative, but. Did it work out? Did people it, bring it, melons? It was great. But I really, everyone's like, what, melons? But I was excited. Like, what melons are you going to bring? And then people would take pictures, look that i'm like, so excited to bring um and so we just cut melon for days <laughs> and there was a lot of leftovers <laughs> mm. everyone brought melon <laughs> well since you're abroad was there like different types of melons in netherlands or was it pretty no. much the same stuff yeah uh, nothing extra special you know um that i re- can remember mm. but but it was fun. I mean, I think it was like me and like one other friend that I can't remember who actually really 
Jesus. And we were just eating it all. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think about, like, how... Actually, I think last year... Oh, man, I, I had this, like, idea of doing a fruit party. Like, everyone bring fruit. <laughs> yeah. I, oh. I did that with my small group. Oh, yeah? In my old church. And, um, and so I, what I did was, like, everyone needs to bring a fruit... And you have to dress like your fruit, too. <laughs> what? Yeah. So <laughs> they were like, what the heck? I was like, it's really easy. Just bring a fruit. And it has to, you try to make it really exotic. I think I made, like, a rule, like, if someone else has your fruit, you know, then, you know, you, d you don't get point or something. <laughs> you try to be really exotic. And then you just wear, like, the same color. Oh, my gosh. It could be a game. Like, it's like a it's like a party, but there's, like, ways where you can, like, accumulate points. Yeah. But, like, if you bring, like, the most... Uh, bring a fruit. Well, you get a point if you have a fruit with the most number of letters. And then you get a point if you, like, bring a fruit that no one else brought. And then you get another point if you dress up like your fruit. And then you right. bring a point if you ha have a fruit that was, like, exported from... I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, these are good ideas. I Wow. Yeah, and I think one person brought, like, a chocolate fondue machine so that we would just, like, eat people's fruit and uh, and dip it into the chocolate fondue. Um, wow. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, and then I think I think we what we did was we rated what was people's favorite, favorite fruit, most loved fruit. Um, <laughs> I, I think is... someone brought, like, jackfruit, which was pretty exotic. I mean, I don't know if exotic is the best word, but yeah, different. And uh, um, lychee or longan. Mm, well, I think I ate this cantaloupe too fast. I'm like feeling it in my stomach. I know. <laughs> Actually, I want more. I'm like kind of sad. No I cut more. the whole thing. It's all in my bowl right now. <laughs> really? Oh, it's, it's just small. It's like the Tuscan cantaloupes are like literally this big. Oh, okay. You want to tr Trader Joe's? Yeah, it's near my work, so I just walk there during lunch. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, melons, they're melons. definitely, I think my top three, at least, favorite fruits is, is an arm. That's true. Yeah, melons are not my, well, I mean, they're not my top three. I already know my top two, which we've done. No, we haven't done my second one, actually. We haven't done your first one. Oh my gosh, have we? Yeah, we haven't done my first one. Oh, so sad. Second? Oh, wait, what? You should know no. my second one. I already know. I just know my top two. Oh my gosh. It's actually really different than yours. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's like, completely different. Well, number one is. It, no, no. Uh, number two is fig. But Correct. Yeah, we got y'all. I feel like we've done my number one. I can't remember now. Like oh my goodness I'm, I'm blanking out um, wow oh dates no 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 no, it's not <laughs> no. oh persimmon duh 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 no, duh duh i don't think we've done persimmon no it, i think Ivy. it's like it's a fall 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 thing when we have oh yeah it's like that and then figs the fall fruit yeah, just give me like just give me like a Trader Joe's like box of figs or just. It's funny because figs is definitely I don't even know where it is. It's number thirty five. <laughs> wow. But I do like persimmons. Number nine persimmons. Number nine. <laughs> Can you hear that? <laughs> I just can't believe they. Ay, ay. Our house is a community center. That's what I say. But you know, TBH, I'm like, our house is a great house <laughs> to, to plant a church. <laughs> our yeah, I know. Oh, gosh. I, look, if you ever want to do a house church, our house is the house to do a house church. You should see my little instrument corner. Honestly, all we need is a second fridge. Do you see? Like, I have... Oh. Gee. I have my bass amp. I have oh my gosh this other amp where you can hook up a mic um, and a guitar, mm -hmm. and I have a mic stand. <laughs> I see that with the little uh, yeah. iPhone holder. Yeah, and then I I just got like a three rap three instrument. Rap, like, I love rap. it. G. Isn't it can't, crazy? I can't wait to visit. Wow, I'm bow. I think I ate that too fast. 
Thanks again for spending your time with us and Jess. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the conversation. If you want to follow Jess and a creative collective, you can find them at the handle R2Tales. That's spelled O-U-R-2-T-W-O Tales, T-A-L-E-S. If you like what you hear and want to keep updated on our episodes, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Have a good one and we'll catch you all in a month.